0: podcast i am joe Posnansky, and with me is michael shore michael welcome
1: thank you for having me joe
0: you're welcome that was musical the way you did that (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying i have the theme song in my head now
1: it was because as you know i was dragged i was dragged on twitter for getting it wrong getting my own introduction wrong and so i've changed it and now when you're saying welcome to the podcast i'm singing the song (laughs) in my head And then when I so when I come out with the actual line, it's a little it has a little bit of a melody to it.
0: It does have a little melody. It was definitely it was melodious. I would say it was melodious. Happy New Year, by the way. Yes.
1: Happy 2018.
0: Have you have you already done? Have you already like uh, written twenty seventeen on a check or something? Have you already <laughs> nobody writes checks? Nobody that, writes
1: that, checks that, anymore. That, that classic, that classic
0: <laughs> little trope of the oh, I always forget what year it is. I have a
1: um, so I have a, a wristwatch, a, a very nice wristwatch that my wife gave to me for my thirtieth birthday. Nice, uh, and uh, it's, so it's a twelve year old watch, but I love it. I wear it every single day. I, if I don't wear it, I feel weird. I don't like the sensation of not wearing this watch. Okay, and the one. One thing about the watch is that I uh, it has an old timey you know you got a like it's not a wind up watch it's obviously battery powered but you gotta adjust the date because it has you know if if there's thirty days in right, a month right it goes all the way, way to thirty one and you general. and uh, and I've <laughs> I just never do it I just <laughs> <I'm> never <laughs> I never ever adjust it and right now. My watch—it's whatever it is. It's, what is it? It's January third, correct? Right. Yep. Right. Right now, the number that's showing on my watch is twenty-six. <laughs> so, so, so that means you have to do know math many...
0: in your head. I mean, like, what are you supposed to do? How are you supposed to know what the date is? I think that I,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, you look at your—you look at one of the seven million digital devices that are within fifteen inches of your face at all time. Uh, to learn the date, but uh, but my but I I wonder if I could figure out we could probably figure out with a little bit of work how many months that means I have <laughs> failed to update <laughs> my because it's like because you, you're what you're well, what, eight I, well, days not behind that, right? but I'm basically eight days behind which it must mean it's been a full year at least oh, yeah. right because well
0: there's how many days well you I mean, if it goes back to February you,
1: you three days in February. Right. Right, uh, you lose well, thirty days. Has September, April, June, November. Right. So you lose it, thirty in
0: April. More, you, April plus right. February
1: mean that's seven days. So it's it's it's, it's more year.
0: than a year. You got to go back to <laughs> November of <laughs>
1: November of twenty sixteen.
0: At, at this point, you're never updating that thing, are you? Never.
1: No. Well, in the in classic "a broken clock is right twice a day" <laughs> fashion, I should just wait. Whatever it is, another you know six years years or something i
0: like it i really like this that's amazing to me by the way that we still use those kinds of devices that don't just automatically update like i there are a few things in our house right everybody has a few things in their house well like i think about it for daylight savings time where everything in the house is updated except for like Some stupid clock that you have to like climb up, you know, forever to to get to or, you know, maybe your car or something. I mean, almost everything just automatically updates, but we always keep a few little things around that do not, which I think is fun.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think that the joy of it is that it is still a device that requires you to interact with it, because the obvious thing to say is you could obviously and there are many watches like this where like they they they're programmed to actually follow the number of days per month and they don't you don't need to adjust it or whatever and obviously there are many things that are digital and don't require anything but i like the feeling of interacting with the device that's on your wrist a little bit in a very minor way i'm not a luddite i'm i'm a i like technology i use technology a lot so it's not like back in my day you know crusty old man kind of stuff but i do like the the small act of kind of upkeep and maintenance of an object that you own and use every day i think that's kind of a nice quality
0: well i will i will tell you i agree with you and i and i would consider myself not only uh not a luddite but a guy who loves uh gadgets i'm a big big gadget guy i always have to get whatever the newest gadget is however my favorite thing that i have now that i'm using uh on a daily basis i don't know if i i told you this um I'm writing a book. I don't know if I mentioned this to you at, at any Oh, point. no, you haven't. What's no. the subject? Yeah, it's um, – I'm writing a book about Harry Houdini. Oh, that's, Harry Houdini. That's interesting. That's I Isn't know, that you interesting? never mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I bought a typewriter. I bought a manual typewriter uh, and every day I go up to my office and I brainstorm type on it probably for an hour uh, half an hour, whatever, whatever I have time to do. Uh, and I just, and I just type and I just type ideas. I type scenes. I type, sometimes I I'm actually typing first drafts of, of the book. Uh, and I gotta tell you, I love it. And I'm, I'm totally wow. not a, a, uh, you know, I mean, I, I love, I'm a total gadget. I mean, I've got like 10 computers. I mean, I'm totally gadgeted up. Um, but but i love i love it and i think that's exactly for what you're saying it's you're engaging with with something in a way that's like it's old but i mean it feels you're actually creating something you know what i mean you're you're banging the keys and it's and it's and it's actually imprinting you know real letters that aren't going to go anywhere when you when you turn it off and and uh i don't know i it's been it's really been kind of a godsend for me in a weird way. Yeah, it's really I kinda, strange. Yeah, I,
1: I, I totally get it. Uh, I would not do it myself. <laughs> but I totally get it. And, uh, you know, Nick Offerman, uh, who played Ron Swanson on Parks and Recreation, wonderful sure. human being, um, uh, just all around kind of like a guy you want to hang out with and sit next to you at, a, at, a, at, a, uh, at any kind of social gathering. Sure. He is obviously he's a woodworker a fairly well-known fact about him and he uh he's an incredibly he speaks incredibly poetically and kind of beautifully about the importance of having a direct relationship between your physical body and the work you do and and the reason he loves woodworking is because it it is a it's a it's not abstract it's not like you're not um you know, waving your hands in the air like in, minor- in minority report, and having something happen on a <laughs> right. screen somewhere else. Like you're actually you're holding things, you're measuring things, you're writing on the wood, you're you're uh, using tools and crafting things and sawing things in half. And you're and it, it and uh, the, it, he talks a lot about the the sort of direct physical relationship between you and the thing you're making as a as a kind of like almost spiritual uh, connection to huh. your work. And and um, I feel like maybe without realizing it you as a writer are getting as close as you by using a typewriter maybe getting as close as it's possible to get uh to that kind of sensation because no, you're actually like mechanically moving pushing yeah. a button that moves a, a a a metal thing up that you know makes ink go onto a piece of paper
0: that's right no i mean that i think that's 100 percent by the way i couldn't do any woodworking could you woodwork could you do oh, God, anything no. No, 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 could no. you i mean you know i was i was talking to uh, a friend. Uh, who uh, is building his own house, actually physically building. He's, he, he lives uh, in a house, but he's getting, he's building like a, he's, he's got a little farm and he's building a house that he intends to actually live in. And he's never done it before. He's never done any, he's never, he's not a carpenter. He's not a, he's not a home builder. He's never done anything like this before. And he's building a house and, you know, and he's running into all of the issues that you would have, but he's, he's, he's getting somewhere. There's like actual, you know, the, Evidence that there's going to be a house there at some point, and I, how would you even start? I, I mean, literally, how would you even start building a house? I, I mean, you're no asking clue. the wrong,
1: no wrong <laughs> son of a gun.
0: <laughs> no clue, just no clue. Anyway, give the typewriting thing to try. I'm telling you, I, it, it could even well, work. Well, you know what's you.
1: interesting, and I was going to bring this up, but since uh, since you brought it up, as a gift. Uh, an end of the year gift. That the there's a guy named David Schwartz who does all the music for the Good Place, the TV show that I uh, am currently working on, sure. and he uh, he's a wonderful composer. And he, as a end of the year gift, he gave me he bought an old uh, he bought me an old typewriter.
0: Wow! As and and
1: so, yeah, a sort of like like it's just a handsome object to have on display in your office or your home sure. or whatever. And uh, he he gave me the type this really cool. Kind of 19, late 50s, early 60s, almost sort of like early Mad Men era kind of typewriter thing. And uh, it's very beautiful. And I I really like it. I put it on the sort of coffee table in my here in my uh, office at NBC. And uh, maybe now, instead of just looking at it every day, maybe I'll actually try to type something on it. Maybe I'll write you a letter. And send it through the U.S. mail. How about that? <laughs>
0: you know, that's a big – Tom Hanks, that's a big thing for Tom Hanks. There, there's a there's a fun documentary out called California Typewriter that uh, Tom Hanks is in. And in it, Tom Hanks says nothing makes him angrier. Well, he didn't actually put it that way. I'm going to add because Tom Hanks is not going to listen to this. Um, he was basically saying that when he sees friends put like typewriters as pieces of art, he always says to them, like, no, take that down. That is meant to be – Typed, you know, he's a big typewriter guy that's meant to be typed on, that's meant to be used. So, yeah, at least, you know, at least write a little letter. At least, you know, I'm just saying now
1: you're now you're basically saying I've offended Tom Hanks.
0: I'm saying if Tom Hanks knew that you took that typewriter (laughs) and just put it that way, oh man, he would,
1: oh man, I'm never gonna hear the end of it from my buddy Tom.
0: (laughs) All right, you know what we need to do? We need to do the last, and I mean last. Cleveland Browns update. Oh, good. Let's check in on the Cleveland Browns. How are they doing? Yeah, this is exciting. This is exciting. So I don't know if you heard anything about this, because I know that you're not a big NFL guy. <laughs> um, Browns lost again. The Browns lost again. The Browns finished the 2017 season uh, 0 and 16. They they were the second team in NFL history to go 0 and 16. And by the way, when they they talked about the Browns going 0 and 16, they they kept talking about how they were like the fifth team in NFL history to like go winless in a season. And they kept bringing up like you know there was obviously the not obviously but the the first Tampa Bay Buccaneers team went 0 and 14, and I would consider that like a legitimate. That's that's a legitimate uh, winless season. But then they would bring up like the Colts going 0 and one in that strike season. Yeah, that was it, nonsense. Nonsense. That does not count. And then there's like I guess an o eleven maybe Steelers team or something in the early sixties. Uh, also nonsense. Complete nonsense. The Browns are the second team to go o and sixteen behind the uh, two thousand eight Detroit Lions. Right. Um, it was, it was a disaster. Now there there were really, there were a
1: couple of things that made this. 16th and final loss pretty special the first one was the Steelers even though they had something to play for kind of surprisingly decided that they were gonna make inactive Ben Roethlisberger Antonio (laughs) Brown who was injured Le'Veon Bell Right, uh, Cam Hayward Bay, a bunch of right. a bunch of like their like their seven best players were. Um, yeah, were.
0: their center, their their their, their center, right. their the couple of guards, and, and then I think
1: so. I think I and then I think after they made all those guys inactive, they also made everybody else in the starting twenty-two inactive, and they had a radio contest, <laughs> and they said anybody who ever wants to play for the Steelers today can come play for the Steelers. So they were whoever. they were basically it was there were some there were some retired steelworkers on the team, <laughs> and there were a couple of fourth grade teachers. <laughs> Well, they, they uh, and,
0: ever spins the the terrible tower the fastest,
1: right? They had a, gets a to play wide receiver contest <laughs> and the three top speeds and RPM got to uh, got to play for the team. So that was that was the first fun thing was that, that they, was the they didn't just lose the and then, Granted, it was in Pittsburgh, whatever. The, the point is, they lost to like um, they lost to a high school team. Yes. Uh, and then the second thing was, I, um, you know, I, as, as we've talked about, I have not watched a lot of the NFL. I haven't had the chance to watch any Cleveland Browns games because they're never on, on <laughs> national TV. But uh, uh, they they switched over. Uh, they did? I, I turned on the uh, I was like, OK, the last game of the year. I, I haven't watched a lot of Patriots football, but I'm going to watch the end of this game to see if they can. I, and I don't think I didn't check the score first. so I didn't know what was going on. But when I turned it on, it, they were up by 20 or something, and it, or 18, and it was in the fourth quarter, and the Jets were terrible. And very quickly after I turned it on, they switched over to the Browns game. <laughs> and because uh, they were like, this game's well in hand. Let's go to this Brown game because it's close, and there's going to be a dramatic finish. So I texted you. And yes. said, Oh my God, I get, to, I get it right at the <laughs> end of the year here. I get to watch some Cleveland Browns football. And I watched as they marched down the field, there's like two and a half minutes left or something. Right. They marched down the field and they're moving down. And then it's D- like fourth, down four, four, It's down four with a, a touchdown probably wins the game at this point. Yep. And they get to fourth down and Deshaun Kaiser drops back to pass and is immediately swallowed up by six, of the uh, <laughs> retired steel workers who were on the playing for the Steelers defense and two of the, um, two of the fourth grade teachers and the terrible towel <laughs> contest winner. They all just swallow up. He disappears. And you're like, well, there is the end of the season. And then somehow, miraculously, he slips away. He, he makes out. an athletic play and he kind of scoots to his slides. Slide. He takes a jab step forward and then backs up and then slides to his left. And it looks like he's going to run for it. It's fourth and three or something. It looks like he's going to run for it. And it looks like he's going to make it. But instead of running for it, he flips the ball downfield. And as soon as he let the ball go, you're like, oh, this is bad. (laughs) This is not good. And but then the camera and this is all happening in a matter of a second and a half. The camera follows the flight of the ball. And there's a Cleveland Brown receiver there. And he's wide wide open.
0: open. He's just wide wide open. open.
1: There is no one. He's on the sideline. He's like a foot away from the sideline, but there's no one within 5 yards of him. No, he's and, wide open. And he's standing at the 10-yard line of the Steelers, and there's still a minute plus left. It's plenty of time. Like they hit, they 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 would have had roughly either first and goal or first and 10 from like the 10 and a half-yard line. Right. Uh, 10 yards to glory is what they would have had. <laughs> the receiver in question whose name I forget was a was a first-round draft choice, right? I believe.
0: Corey Coleman, Corey, That's Corey Coleman. Coleman. Okay. First uh, the first receiver taken in last year's draft. Yes. Right.
1: And um and the ball, uh, the the little flip pass by Deshaun Kaiser is uh, stunningly perfect. It is headed, perfect. it heads right <laughs> towards him, nice and soft, and it uh and it it it's about neck high, neck and high. Corey Coleman reaches up with both of his hands, and there's no one around him. He's not hearing footsteps. There's no one around him, Nobody's and the ball there. goes through his hands and sort of hits awkwardly his face mask, <laughs> and then just bounces away harmlessly. And I I, I don't say this lightly. Well, uh, two two things happened. The first was I had this weird sensation, which was it's rare that you see something happen in a professional sporting event where you think if I had been in that position, I could have done better than that guy. And I think I could have done better than that guy.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying you catch the ball, but you certainly don't don't drop I it like think, that. I
1: kind of think I would have caught it. I mean, it. because yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't a hard pass. It was a little gentle flip. It was like a backyard... Yep. You're playing catch with your buddy and you're just kind of flipping the ball back and forth from about and it was it was probably what a 10-yard pass total, maybe Oh eight yeah. No, pass. no, it,
0: yeah. it was you could have caught it. So I that was so it.
1: that was the first thing. And then the second thing that happened that, that I thought when I watched it happen was I haven't seen the Browns play a second really all year. And I just watched them play for one minute and I feel like I totally saw the whole season. I feel like no, I, you saw the whole season. I saw, I saw every I saw their entire year from big from training camp. From hard knock style training camp behind the <laughs> footage all the way through the very last play, I just saw the entirety of the Brown season in those two minutes. And I am oh, yeah. so sad. And it made me really feel bad for you. <laughs> and for the team, and for the franchise, and for Hugh Jackson, and for Corey Coleman, and for Deshaun Kaiser, and for all the fans of Cleveland, for the city of Cleveland. It made me feel bad for LeBron James. I felt bad for <laughs> Drew Carey. I felt bad for, uh, for everybody, everybody in the state of Ohio, even if they're not a Browns fan. I felt bad for everyone in America, everyone on the planet. I felt just bad for everyone because it was so sad.
0: <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievably sad, but the good news was the game ended – and and obviously, Owen 16, very sad. You know, there are actually national reporters there because, you know, Owen 16 doesn't happen that often. So you had a few national reporters there, and they go in afterward, and the owner of the Browns, uh, Jimmy Haslam, is doing a little press conference against a wall somewhere in Pittsburgh. Uh, and during his press conference, he is asked, as as owners often will be when your team goes zero and 16 um when when are you gonna when are you gonna fire the coach like when when like uh like now you gonna do it now you're gonna wait till tomorrow you know and uh and jimmy haslam made it 100 clear not that he was going to bring hugh jackson back as coach next year which that that party he is bringing him back he didn't even understand the question he didn't really even understand why he wouldn't want to bring hugh jackson back he he he, he basically came out and he said, well, I think this is obvious, but, you know, the world being what it is, I guess I need to say Hugh Jackson is coming back as coach next year. As if anybody who thought that maybe you would fire a coach who is one in 31, uh, you're insane. Like you're a crazy person for even thinking that that's possible, that you would get rid of a coach of that magnitude. Um so the Browns went 0 and 16, and uh, they're keeping the coach, and they're basically keeping the front uh-huh. office, uh, other than other than uh, Sashi Brown, who they got rid of earlier in the year, um, and they're probably going to keep the players. It doesn't feel to me like uh, like like we're we're on on the road to recovery is what I'm basically saying.
1: Well, counterpoint. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look on the bright side here and as you've pointed okay. out many times the browns franchise has they've hired and i don't remember the exact number but i leave i believe they've had since um since they moved from since the franchise restarted well, since, since, since they moved to the, the original franchise moved to baltimore right. and then they re they uh, they re-upped the browns in cleveland i don't remember the right. exact number in 99 had, i believe they've had 240 head coaches
0: 243 <laughs> so 243, 243. In, in
1: 18 years They've had 243 head coaches. And and right, I, right. here's here's what I would say to you. They could fire uh Hugh Jackson. Sure, of course they could. Would they be within their rights to after a one in 31 and he's and never winning a game on Sunday, which is a bad stat in a game in which most of the game uh, sport where most of the games are played on Sundays? Yes, of course. They would be well yep. within their rights. However, well, let's say they fired let's say they fired Hugh Jackson, they hired the very best available coach person to to coach whoever that is let's say whoever it is John Gruden or or um, right. Right, right. Whatever.
0: We're at the very best what's
1: what's that coach gonna do next year go four and twelve maybe five and eleven if they get a good, good uh, quarterback in the draft maybe if things go if things go amazingly well in the best case scenario they go seven and nine maybe maybe but like Hugh Jackson will probably go four and 12 next year don't don't you think like they'll probably win four games next year.
0: Well, here's here's what I would say. Okay, so I've written many times. I look, I don't I think Hugh Jackson did a very bad job. In addition to going to one and thirty-one, I think he is very, very bad at running a game. I think he's very bad at developing players. Uh so I don't think he's a good coach. Okay. That said, there are things about Hugh Jackson I like. I, I think he's kind of a stand-up guy. I think he seems very personable. Players seem to like him, so whatever. So it is not impossible that they could turn it around with Hugh Jackson. The thing that 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 I find frustrating is I came into this year with exactly that thought. I came into this year saying all I want is some stability. I don't care how bad it is. You just want stability because this team has had no stability uh, because they fired Sashi Brown next year. So they've been they've been in the organization. Uh, they've been the new Cleveland Browns since 1999. Every single year, and I mean literally every single year, they have fired either or gotten rid of a coach, a head coach, a general manager, or a coordinator. Literally every single year. They've never had a year where they had those four wow. things, the same GM, the same coach, and the same two coordinators. So um, so I get it. So I really want the stability. The problem I have with it is um, how – Sort of laissez faire they were about it. You know what I mean? I mean, if they'd come out and they said, "Look, I get it. Hugh Jackson is, you know, clearly he's one in thirty-one. This is a disaster." But we just think we believe in the guy, and here are five reasons why we think he's the right guy, and and we're going to stick with him. And I know it's unpopular, and I know that people don't want uh, us to do that, and I, they think it's a, it's a big mistake, but. We totally believe in the guy. We totally believe the players believe in him. Blah blah blah. Okay, maybe, maybe. But instead, it was sort of like, why wouldn't we keep him? Like, what? Like, like you're the crazy one, you know, Because the team has played so hard, as you have seen week in week out. You're crazy if you think we should make any changes. And I don't like that. You know what? It's sort of like we talked about on the last podcast. Why we were both so upset about the Patriot Steelers play at the end where he caught the ball and went to the knee and 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 Jesse James and and uh and then fell on it in the end zone and then they said it was no touchdown. The reason we were upset about it is we're not crazy. We saw the play, we know it's a touchdown. And I feel the same way about the Browns. It's like just acknowledge that this has been a disaster, that he's done a he has not done a good job, that the, clearly they have not gotten good players. And that the reason that they're going to stick with him is because we believe in this, this, and this. Okay, we think the players believe in him. We think he's a great offensive mind who who uh, needs to focus more on being the head coach. So we're going to get him an offensive coordinator. Whatever the case may be, don't just tell me. Oh yeah, of course he's coming back. I mean, that's that goes without saying when you go one in thirty-one over two years. That that's the part that bugs me. I think.
1: Yeah, I guess the I guess the. The salient point here is: you can have the attitude of like, yes, we're failing a lot, and we're failing in record numbers. Our our yearly stats are miserable <laughs> and moribund. But we have Theo Epstein and and uh, his and Jed Hoyer and right, uh, right, this right. team of people in place, and that is, and we put them in place knowing that they have this kind of five year plan. And you don't get the sense from Jimmy Haslam that or Hugh Jackson, that they have like a big overarching plan, right? right? So so, so you want stability, but you, 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 you don't, you want the stability to come with the sense of a long-term thinking. And right now it just seems like they're just going game by game and just trying to win a game, which is not helpful. (laughs) (laughs)
0: helpful. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I, I, I hear you. I mean, here's the last question on our final Browns update for you. Is there a human being alive who you would say like who who's like Phil Jackson in 1996 or whatever? Like who's the who's the person that you would say you would snap your fingers and you would go blink that person that runs this organization?
0: Well, I'm not I'm not opposed to John Dorsey, to be honest with you. I mean, he's the new general manager and I'm not opposed to him. I look, I don't know. Obviously, you know, here's here's what I was asking uh, a, a friend of mine in Cleveland. I was asking him this question. If this team, this year, with the players they had, there's only two things you could change. One, you could have say, well, you I mean, obviously Jimmy Garofalo, but say Alex Smith. That's the guy they're talking about trying to bring in next year. You have Alex Smith as your quarterback. Alex Smith had obviously a very, very good year. Uh limited in some ways, but he did lead the league. Didn't he lead the league in passing the uh, efficiency that's, or something? Yeah, anyway, one of
1: those dumb stats, yeah.
0: Weird yeah. I mean, clearly he's a good but not great quarterback. Okay. So you have a good but not great quarterback. So you put Alex Smith instead of Deshaun Kaiser, and your coach is Bill Belichick. How many games would that team win this year? And I don't know the answer to that other than I know it's not zero.
1: It's not zero. Yeah. <laughs> it's a non-negative integer greater than zero.
0: <laughs> it's probably five. I think just those two things alone, it might be more, frankly. I mean, Belichick could could be a complete, you know, he's he's I mean, he's he's the best, right? He's the best who's ever done this, probably. Not probably, he's definitely the best who's ever done it. So yeah. and and you told him, hey, look, your only job is to win this year. And he had to figure out how to do it. He'd probably figure some things out. So, so for me, that that is where where I'm like, look, you're asking me to accept a coach that could not have done worse this year. So, <laughs> so so tell me why. Just tell me why. Give me one good reason. They asked him. They asked Hugh Jackson, like, what progress this team has shown. And his answer, and again, I like you, Jackson. I really do. I, I think he's a. I think he's a. Seems like a good guy. Uh, his answer was so lame. It was like, well, you know, we we got, you know, we we developed a couple of playmakers. I'm like, who? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I, I want to say one final thing. I know I said the last thing I said was I want to say one final thing, and now I'm right. saying, but. It bears repeating uh, for no other reason than uh, to um, point out the insanity of football that this 0-16 Cleveland Browns team would have beaten the 1972 undefeated Dolphins by 40 points. And I want everyone who thinks that the 1972 Dolphins were the best team in the history of the league and who are happy every year when they clink champagne glasses, I want you to (laughs) deeply internalize the truth of that statement that this year's Owen 16 Browns would have beaten them by 40, it would they would have been resting their starters midway through the third because it would have been like a <laughs> blowout.
0: <laughs> what 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 would like what would like one of their their like left tackle like what would he make of like a miles game? Like what that's would exactly, he make, that's make the
1: question. That's, That is exactly the question I would pose. It's like, what would happen to whoever the 1972 Dolphins left tackle? <laughs> what would happen to that person's brain? When they when Miles <laughs> Garrett lined up when, like a basically RoboCop when they look across the right. line and RoboCop is waiting to take you on and you weigh probably two hundred and seventy eight pounds or something and by the way you like chain smoke during the games and you were out really late last night like eating steak and drinking vodka with your with your whole team because that's how they used to roll and you see Miles Garrett like the, like a, a perfect human specimen. A giant (laughs) RoboCop of a man like lining up to come after your quarterback. I mean, uh, I mean, or or if you're Larry Zonka and you're running through that line and you look up and you see you see the insanity of what's waiting for you.
0: (laughs) I really I really do sometimes think about that. I I think about this in all sports. I think about like. Let's say you're Bjorn Borg, right? You've when you've just won your fourth Wimbledon, and you're like, "This is awesome, man! I'm just totally great at Wimbledon." And then you come up, and then like, there's Roger Federer with like the new rackets, right. and he doesn't have the he still like he still has the wood, and Federer would hit like that first serve, just the one serve, and Bjorn Borg would be like, "Oh no, that's what is right. This, this like, what, what, like, what sport oh, are you playing, what, sir? I'm sorry,
1: I thought we were playing tennis." <laughs> <laughs>
0: He would. He tried to hit that two-handed backhand. His racket would literally break in half while he's trying to hit it. He would see the top spin that like Rafael Nadal would hit. He'd be like, "What? Is, you can't do that!" Yeah. If
1: if Bobby Jones teed off with like Tiger at the 2004 PGA or whatever, and like hit like a really nice. Two hundred and four yard drive
0: <laughs> with his little wooden <laughs> club and <laughs> <laughs> straight, straight down the middle. Like I'll oh, beat that, son. You know, and then uh, t- t- Tiger unwinds that three hundred and twenty yard drive. Yeah, no. It's, I always thought that, th- I, like I always that.
1: thought that about Levar Arrington. I thought if or or uh, oh, yeah. Levar Arrington um, like was to me was the first guy I can remember seeing where it's just like, oh, if this person time traveled back to like the nineteen fifties. Like the people who played his sport would just would be it would. Those, you remember those pictures of when the Harlem Globetrotters went to Japan? Uh, yeah, that, you yes. know, that that's what they would all look at him like for a while. Lavar Arrington. There was a time. There was this golden moment in history where Lavar Arrington and Serena Williams, I believe, were dating. This is a long time ago. It's possible, by the way, that this is a complete. Uh, I'm completely making this up. But
0: yeah, I'm not sure if that's true. But maybe it's I true. believe it be true. that
1: I believe there was a moment when there was at least a rumor. That Lavar Arrington and Serena Williams are dating. And then at the time, uh, Nomar Garcia Parra and Mia Ham were dating. And sure, I had a that, long, that I do you know, long sure. conversation with my, with a friend of mine where I was like, okay, here's what needs to happen. This is how we save the human race. Lavar Arrington and Serena Williams have a child, and Nomar Garcia Parra and Mia Ham have a child. And then those two get together and they have children. And those, <laughs> those children will be the, the very greatest. Like specimens, humanity can create because you had like every every kind of like athletic ability. Like, Nomar was like a soccer player, and he's, he had incredible hand, right. hand coordination. <laughs> and Mia Ham was a soccer player, and then Lavar Arrington was just this insane monster who ran like a four And Serena Williams is the greatest <laughs> tennis player of all time. And it was like their their combined grandkids would just be these like these superheroes. They be they literally they give birth to superheroes.
0: They'd be X Men, yeah. No, they would. They would be totally. They'd be totally superheroes. The one I I like to think of is uh, George Mikan, because George Mikan was six <laughs> ten with his glasses, <laughs> and and he and he was dominant. He was totally dominant. Nobody did. First of all, nobody had ever seen like a six foot ten man before, right? right? I mean, like they accepted the circus. Nobody had ever seen somebody that tall, and he had like a hook shot or whatever. So I just I love the notion of him coming to you know, and then him having to guard kevin garnett and if you like watching garnett go out like where are you going like where where us big men stand down here by the basket like where you know he's nailing yeah. threes he's not even within like 30 feet of him at any well, point like, I mean,
1: if you go back and look at those guys like like uh wasn't wasn't wilt chamberlain oh no wasn't bill russell only like six eight or something
0: Yeah, it's six, yeah, nine. Six, i think that's yeah. right i think he's like, like, there's sp-
1: some of these like you know these these like these famous like centers, these dominant guys who got 38 rebounds a game, they were like six and nine. they were like they were the size of like Jason Tatum. <laughs> yeah.
0: it's, it's really, it is funny to think about Bill Russell. Obviously, look the, the, again, you know, it's it's fun to think about it. You judge a person in his time. We, we, we've discussed yeah. that before. And Bill Russell was incredible, he was a great leader, he's a winner, blah blah blah. He'd block 40 shots a game, right? And he's like, oh, I perfected the blocking the shot. Uh, so that, you know, th- that goes, he's four inches shorter than Kevin Garnett, no. like, <laughs> Kevin Garnett would just tower over yeah. him.
1: Oh, it, I mean, this is my, <laughs> look, I have my most, my hottest take in all of my in sports takedom is, is the following. I don't know if, I think I've said this to you before. I don't think I've ever said it on this podcast because I know that it's going to receive a tremendous amount of blowback. But here's my hottest take. Are you ready for my hottest take?
0: I am ready for the hottest
1: take, yes. (laughs) People talk about, like, you know, uh, an easy uh, sports argument to have is LeBron versus Jordan, right? Who's better? LeBron versus Jordan. And then you get into this dumb thing where somebody says, Jordan's got six rings and someone else goes, but LeBron's been to more championships and he carried worse teams there and he didn't have Phil Jackson, he didn't have Scottie Pippen, blah, 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 blah. Those arguments to me are very boring because there's no answer to them. I think there is there is a way to actually answer the question. The way to answer the question of who is better, LeBron versus Jordan, is to simply say, if they were playing a one-on-one game in their prime, take Jordan's absolute prime and take LeBron's absolute prime and have them play one-on-one right. against each other, half court, and you play... And and in this version, you're playing winner keeps the ball. So uh, make it take it, right? You're playing make it take it. My hottest right. take is if LeBron gets the ball first, he wins 10 nothing and Jordan. <laughs> and the, mostly the reason for that is LeBron James, Michael Jordan was a twig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Michael Jordan was so skinny. And LeBron LeBron has, well, how tall was Jordan? Six. Exactly? six. You I think he's six, right? I've, I have him in my head as six yeah. six. Uh, so and how tall is LeBron? Six,
0: he's six eight six nine, but he, but he's two fifty, you know, two sixty, whatever.
1: Yes. Yeah, so he's so he has two or three inches on Jordan, and he also has like seventy pounds <laughs> on Jordan, depending on what year it is that we're playing right. this game. And I believe that if he gets the ball first, he just backs Jordan down. Over and scores and over and just over. jumps over and over, just <laughs> jumps up and, and powers his way and just dunks or layups every time, and then the game's <laughs> over. And I feel like if Jordan, if Jordan had the ball first, then who knows, right? right? Because Jordan, Jordan's quick, uh, Jordan, Jordan's, might, Jordan's
0: quickness is good. LeBron's pretty good at blocking yeah. shots. However, I mean, so was Jordan. In his own weird, True. he was not in a weird way. He was he was really good at coming off the ball and blocking the shot of somebody else's man. Um right. LeBron's pretty good at like chasing guys down and blocking shots. Like he's really yeah. pretty good at that. That seems seems to be a thing for him.
1: Yes. Now I've gotten to know and I'm working with on a on a project. I'm working with Shea Serrano, who uh sure. writes for The Ringer. He used to write sure. for Dead Spin. I'm sorry, he used to write for uh, Grantland and um and he is a a basketball writer. He has a really great book out uh, about the basketball which, arguments it's called which, basketball which, which by the way
0: recently uh pimped by Barack Obama. Yes. By Barack Obama. <laughs> by
1: Barack Obama. <laughs> Barack Obama's year-end. Here's my favorite stuff. It was on his list. It's amazing. It's like the greatest accomplishment yes. in the world. Um, but so Shea, I ran this theory by Shay because Shay's entire book is about basketball and asking ridiculous questions about basketball and history and then trying to answer them. And he did not dismiss my hot take. He did not you're right. say you're crazy. And but what he did say, which is a good angle, is he said he didn't think um, he he thought that Jordan would trash talk LeBron into a miss at some point that Jordan would, would get in LeBron's head. And would say like would start saying stuff like you'll you will you are never gonna be able to hit a fadeaway against me you're not in a million years you'll never hit a or whatever and he would bait LeBron into taking an ill advised like shot that he would then miss and then Jordan yeah then Jordan would get the ball now I think that's an incredibly yes. astute <laughs> prediction like I feel like I feel like Jordan was so good yeah. at that stuff that he that I I see that happening but if. LeBron keeps his cool. My hot take is Jordan never gets the ball.
0: I I really, really like Shay's thought because there is no question. I think that's I think that's really the only look, LeBron's a better basketball player than Jordan. He just is. I, I I really believe he is. There is a killer thing that Jordan has that I don't think anybody, forget LeBron. I don't think anybody has had sort of the there's something dark inside Michael Jordan. I mean, I just think <laughs> oh, yeah. he's oh, a yeah. killer. I mean, he really is. And LeBron's not. And and so, yeah, I mean, could could he he would definitely trash talk him. There's no question about that. Um, could he get inside LeBron's head? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, yeah. like you you have to give you have to at least give up the opportunity that he could do that. By the way, uh, I just looked up LeBron's um basketball reference page uh just so I would see that he is six 6'8 six, uh, six, rather 250. Um here here are the nicknames for LeBron James. Okay. So usually there's like one nickname uh sure. for every player. Here, here you go. Uh King James, of course, mm-hmm. LBJ, mm-hmm. Chosen One, mm-hmm. Braun Braun. <laughs> That's the, not a nickname. <laughs> the Little Emperor and okay. the and the Akron Hammer. Okay. The, some of those are not real.
1: No, Bron Bron is just like a thing that his buddies and call him.
0: The Akron Hammer. You've never heard him called the Akron. What? That doesn't even make any sense. No,
1: no, but that's my favorite one. How can you the not like the, Ak- <laughs> the Akron Hammer is amazing. I would. I, he should give up King James permanently and be the Akron Hammer.
0: The Akron Hammer. That's so awesome.
1: That's delightful. I love that.
0: <laughs> Although I do see the Akron Hammer being like an unbelievably good softball player, right? Like the guy who hits a home <laughs> yeah, run every time yeah, off. Akron-
1: Oh, Actual there. Akron Hammer got that nickname from a rec league softball tournament in Akron in like 1996 when he hit three home runs on three swings like Reggie Jackson in the Series. There's John and, yeah. Strabowski,
0: it's, the Akron Hammer. He's got a beard yeah. in one hand and then he just whacks a home run.
1: His real name is Phil Jablonski or something, and he's, <laughs> he works in he works in he's like a, he works in like marketing for like an ice distribution company or something. And at the end, uh, and he's the, yeah, his buddies call him. He, he kind of insists that they call him the Akron hammer and his buddies are like, are we don't, do we have to, man? Have
0: to, he's like, Oh, you just call me hammer. Okay. Just, <laughs> just I, I prefer the full name, but if you want to go like, if you're I,
1: I will allow you to simply call me the hammer. That's fine. <laughs>
0: By the way, the, the Serrano thing, I, I only heard about that fairly recently. That is exciting? Is that You guys are pretty early in that process, yes?
1: Yeah, it's very early. He's writing this script now. It's, a, it's sort of semi-autobiographical, but uh, he's a, a wonderful dude and a, a very funny guy and a great writer, and I'm very, yeah. very pleased to be working with him because uh, it's also like it gives me a chance, just hanging out with him, gives me a chance to test out all of my insane hot take basketball <laughs> theories. <laughs> and he's a he's a um he's a uh, uh Spurs fan he grew up in uh, Texas largely in San Antonio parts of Houston but he's a, a a lifelong Spurs fan and I uh in my phone uh for his contact info I made his contact picture a picture of uh Popovich and I, <laughs> I took a screenshot of it and sent it to him and he said this is the greatest honor of my lifetime <laughs> <laughs> it
0: is so good i tell you if i could have any coach and i mean any sport i i would take him for the browns it it would be greg popovich i mean right i mean there's i
1: agree i that well i meant i meant to say this earlier i meant to say when we were having the discussion about who you would want that coach to be i feel like the answer is greg
0: popovich Popovich, i (laughs) I think it's the right thing you want theo running your team and you want greg popovich coaching it that's And I don't care what sport it is, honestly. I mean, that's what, that's probably what Arsenal should do. Like Arsenal should hire Theo and then hire Greg Popovich as their, as their. I love that. Yeah. I think it would be, it'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. All right. Let's go to our listener questions. Uh, Very exciting first listener question thing of the new year. Uh, Here we go. So we'll just start off with uh, Stefan wants to know. If you right. have the choice between being forced to watch all 16 Browns games or an entire season of young Sheldon, which would you pick?
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, I've never seen young. I haven't seen young Sheldon, so I would I, absolutely I pick young
0: Sheldon. <laughs> I, I, mean. have, I have actually seen all 16 Browns games and not seen young Sheldon, uh, but I would also choose young Sheldon, right? I, yeah. I don't actually I don't, I'm not I'm not offended by the young I don't I don't I've never even seen
1: no and old, I, I actually I know some of the uh, people behind that show and they're nice funny people and uh, that, I it's, I, that the show the seems to show. me like
0: that could be reasonably funny I, I mean yeah. I don't I don't watch much uh, comedy there are shows on on CBS that I would like if he had asked me you 16 Browns games or like that Kevin can wait show I would definitely choose the Browns games <laughs> that show that show offends my sensibilities and here's why and I've written this uh, the reason it offends my sensibilities is not because I've never seen the show, so I don't know uh in fact my my mother watches the show and she was offended that i that I took a cheap shot at Kevin Can Wait, even though I've never seen it but my my problem with it is that I've seen because you you know you especially in the old days when I watched lots of football I've seen millions and millions of these uh you know teaser commercials right for for every show you know I've seen the csis and all the you know bull and all the other whatever they are that's the only one i've ever seen where i still have no idea what that show is about i've seen (laughs) five thousand of those teaser things i don't know what he does i don't know who you know i think like isn't this a new wife like he's got a new wife on it like the yeah that that part has
1: been a little confusing i think he 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 had a wife in the first season and then they wanted to make a creative change and so they brought back uh the actors who put Leah remini who played his wife on his long running previous show uh and so king of queens so now it's like it's this weird but but she's not i don't know if she's his wife Or not? uh, She's in the mix somehow, (laughs) but now it seems like the whole thing is a weird sequel to that show. It's a little bit confusing. It's it's
0: baffling. No, I really don't. I I mean, that's one I don't. I just like I know what Two Broke Girls was about. Like I got there, Two Broke Girls. I get it. I I know what it is. (laughs) But Kevin can wait for what? Well, like, for I, it, what? Well, is is
1: this is my problem. I, I, okay, I believe uh, – I, I saw the pilot, and I believe that the title – he's, he's a police officer, I believe, who is uh, going to retire. Oh, okay. And then he has a daughter, and the daughter is either getting married or she's pregnant. I can't quite remember. But they, the family needs money, and so he, he was very excited about retiring and about, like, sort of transitioning to a life of, like, a sort of, like – happy leisure and then he delays his retirement so i believe the title is a reference to that it's, oh, he can wait, okay. to, he's gonna have to wait before he sort of lives the the dream retirement life that he was that he thought he was about to start leading the the, the problem to me is that the <laughs> title seems to be a parody of the name heaven can wait
0: right, no that's what i thought too
1: that has nothing to do <laughs> at all with that premise at all so it's like it's weird because it's a pun that's based off of a phrase that is has nothing to do with the subject of the show. That to me is where the confusion comes in.
0: It is confusing. It is it yeah. is very very confusing. All right, uh, we have a double question here. So this is from Jeff and Alex. Jeff's question is: What happens when Bortles wins the Super Bowl? And, <laughs> and Alex's question is: Will a Jaguar Super Bowl victory be acknowledged on the Good Place?
1: So. Um, Okay, so uh, I can't uh, I can't really answer this question because it it gets into the show uh, was off for two and a half months because of the football NBC's Thursday Night Football and it's coming back. uh, We're taping this on Wednesday, recording this on Wednesday. It it starts again tomorrow and there's five more episodes. uh, The fourth. uh, Yeah. January 4th uh, is the is the ninth episode. Then there's four more episodes after that. And a lot of stuff happens in those episodes that I can't talk about. But. Uh, I I will only say this. What I will say is that um, the Jaguars improbable playoff run was, (laughs) has been so hilarious and fun to watch when we happen to be writing a show about a guy who's like a huge Jaguars fan that the writing staff has discussed what we would do in various situations uh, if if the Jaguars were to because the show is obviously said in the afterlife and there's there's no way to, you know, it's it's tricky. But we have actually discussed scenarios of how we would handle it. So just trust this. that there is a plan. If the Jaguars make a deep run, there is actually a plan in place. We have a a, a procedural, a uh, uh, situation that we will uh, unfurl next year in season three of the show did
0: did you did you ever think you would be writing a show that would rely on the Jacksonville Jaguars quality um
1: no <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bill wants to know as an adult what is the correct reaction to a Christmas gift that you don't like? if you're too enthusiastic, you risk future similar gifts hmm yeah, very fair point. Fair point, Bill. Um, hmm. I gotta say, the correct reaction is you just pretend you like it, right? I, I, I mean, I I, I, yeah. I, I just, I want to, I want to have fun with this, but man, what a, what a jerky thing it is to like tell somebody that their gift stinks.
1: Yeah, and and especially when okay, I, I I would amend your answer, which I believe is the generally the correct answer. I would only amend it to say. It depends a little bit on the way in which the giver reacts when you open it. In other words, if the giver of the gift says, I kind of took a crazy swing here, like you can return this. I know wasn't sure if you were going to like this, then I think you should still pretend that you like it. But then <laughs> it seems like you have been given the ability to kind of like, you know, take it back or exchange it or whatever. Right. Or, or to say to that person, like, thank you so much. It's so cool that you tried that you like made the effort to like, try to figure out what I would like. I think I'm going to go more in this direction or whatever. You know, I think we're all familiar. Uh, I like to buy my wife clothes because I think that there is a, a, a sort of silly, uh, way of approaching gifts from men to women, to the women in their lives, which is women, uh, like it's not don't don't bother buying them clothes because i don't understand fashion and right, they're just right, gonna return right. it or whatever i say uh nuts to that frankly <laughs> because i think it's fun to try to go to like a, a clothing boutique or a department store and try to find stuff that you think would be flattering uh sure. on, on your wife or your girlfriend and and to like Take it's, it's a fun risk to take. And by the way, it's a it's very low risk because, again, they can always take it back. Exactly. So I like to try. I like the effort. And my wife, I think, appreciates the effort of me trying to, like, find clothes that I think she'll like. So uh, so that is always my attitude when I give her. And she knows it's it's now unspoken. I don't even need to say it. It's basically like this is I'm, I'm taking a am taking a shot here. And uh, and I I put some thought into it. And I've I've looked at your clothes and I've seen what you're comfortable in and what you like. And I'm going to take a shot and see if I can like hit a, hit a, a home run or at least like a solid double. <laughs> and, and, you, and you're not wounded. If she says, no, of course not. not. Like not, by I, my not at all. And also I've learned that like, there are certain things that are harder because uh, to buy than others, because, um, because they're just more they they're, They take more trial and error for women when they shop. Like, like I don't, I tried to buy my wife a couple pairs of jeans once. And she sort of said to me, like, look, when you buy jeans, you're just like it's just like it's an all day thing. It's like you got to try thirty five <laughs> pairs and thirty five different styles, and it's really every pair is different, even if it's the same size and whatever. It's like you got to, you it's just like harder. It's harder to get that right than it is like a a blouse or a or a, or a dress or something. Sure. So sure. I like, note, good note, note taken. I. I <laughs> Don't try to buy jeans anymore. So I feel like I feel like we're all familiar with that general feeling, which is that the giver of the gift says, hey, took a shot. Totally cool if you don't like it. And I think that everyone should give gifts with that in mind. So it's a little bit on this is all a long way of saying it's a little bit on the giver of the gift to let the receiver of the gift off the hook.
0: But they but they might not. Uh, but they might not. They might be like, "Oh, I found this and I knew it was perfect for you." And then you're stuck. You've been, you know, you can't really
1: And then that's a little that's a little trickier yeah. and then yeah. But
0: I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think most gifts are given in that spirit. By the way, I do also like buying uh clothes uh for my wife, and here's my big problem. My my wife is, you know, my wife is in good shape and thin. I mean, the, the, you know, it's she's she But sizes, they're not like men's size clothes, like men's clothes. Basically you, there's a size and that size pretty much always works. It's like, it's like, you know,
1: yeah, it's pretty predictive. It's predictive.
0: Yeah. And honestly it's like, Oh, I got you a medium. Like this is what you, Oh no, that's not going to work. And you know, it's, Oh, I got you a small, like, no, I need a large. And, and that's where I, that's where I mess up. I, I don't think she's, she's not opposed to like, I, I don't, I have like a reasonable sense of, clothes that you would like but i'm not good with the sizes i it, it, it's it's tricky it's not it's not a one-size thing
1: it's hard and it's it's a it's way more inconsistent yes. in women's clothes
0: which i don't, I don't know why that it. is i, I guess agree, that's because yeah. maybe i don't know maybe women are my, my wife tries on everything maybe that's it guys don't seem to like to try on clothes uh generally do you do
1: yeah and i i just think there's way more variance in in the yeah, in the styles and really the in the shapes of things, it's just like men's shirts it's are all shirts. like. I mean, like a button a button down shirt that my like mom got me from Banana Republic for Christmas in in like in 2002 <laughs> still fits me exactly the same way that it fits me now that it fit me then. You know, so I just I just think that like uh, it's just a it's there's more there's more different there's more variance with that's what it is that's shape that's, and cuts and stuff. Yeah, exactly
0: right. All right, John wants to know what is the car slash plane tipping distance. For taking children to see relatives over the holidays,
1: meaning how far is too far? I
0: guess that's what he means. It looks like where, like, how far is like? I mean, maybe it's like even more where it's required to to do that because you're, cl- oh, you're, oh, you're close enough.
1: Oh, 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 right. I see. That is that is what he's saying. I think that's she? what he's I saying. Yes. So, what you mean in in other words, how how long a drive is too long, and it means you should actually fly. Well, I guess right? I think that's you know, what he's
0: saying. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. Um
1: Uh Well it, roughly speaking, I would say a five hour drive is usually an hour long plane ride, and I'm basing that on a little bit the New York to Boston. No, that's right. That's corridor. about right.
0: That's about right.
1: And it's the New York to Boston corridor and the LA to San Francisco corridor, are roughly the same. The LA to San Francisco in a car is about six and a half hours. Um and it's but it's like an hour on a plane. And L and New York to Boston is about five and a half hours in a car, five hours in a car. And it's about an hour, a little less than an hour in a plane. Sure. So I, f- I feel like that's the, that's probably a, at least a good starting point for the discussion. Right. Like if it's.
0: Well, okay. If, like, if you're going um, to San Francisco, would you drive or fly?
1: Um, if I were going to San Francisco, so we just drove to San Francisco. That was how we, uh, after the, after Christmas we took our kids, they'd never been to San Francisco. So we drove up there um, and we, we deliberately drove because we want the, the point of it was the road trip. So we drove, we went and we stayed in San Francisco. We saw the Nutcracker. I took my son to a Warriors game. Awesome. Uh I, I sadly we missed the Steph Curry game return game by one game. <laughs> we went to the we went to the Charlotte Hornets. They lost at home to the, <laughs> to the Hornets. And then one night later Steph came in and blew up the place with 10 threes and they scored 142 points and they were like bounce. they were like throwing each other alley-oops and bouncing passes between their legs and it was like a crazy nonstop party we saw the sad 18 point home loss to the to the Hornets, <laughs> but still we're super fun um but we so we drove up and it, i mean it's you know we stopped in uh we stopped in monterey and went to the aquarium but it's even if we hadn't that's a that's a solid six plus hour sure, drive and sure. i don't think i would want to do a drive any longer than that yeah um, i think the holidays, i think five right? and a half
0: six hours is your general tipping point uh in you know that's more or less like from charlotte to washington it's about a eh, i mean depending on on look traffic is awful in washington but you can make it in seven and maybe even a little bit less than seven uh it's about an hour 15 hour 20 minute flight that's that's probably just about pushing it right that's just yeah
1: although uh, yeah i I, the only thing i would add is that You know, if you can avoid being in an airport during the holidays, you got to do it. So like if you can take if you can take a seven hour car ride, I think we might up this by an hour or nine minutes. That's right. That's for the holidays. Yeah,
0: that's a great point. You're right. And by the way, it's that's the thing I always say is because my wife thinks we should always fly or I should always fly if I'm like driving somewhere because I like to drive, like especially if it's just me. I don't mind driving at all. And she's like, well, you ought to fly. But it's not flying. It's like, look, you, you, it's not an hour flight. It's an hour flight. You got to get there an hour at least or 90 minutes before the flight starts. There's the drive to yeah. the airport, drive from the airport. You got to land there. You got to You get a car there. I mean, look, it's, it's a little bit more complicated. But I'd say, yeah, six, six and a half hours under normal circumstances and it shoots up considerably i think during the holidays all right that's a
1: great especially point. and and the, let's let's also make a, a little adjustment we're gonna we're gonna do like era plus or ops plus <laughs> where we're gonna adjust for certain things um instead of park you know factors and and historical trends we're going to adjust for uh for the holidays and we're also going to adjust for weather because when you're uh, talking right. about the north
0: corridor
1: on during the holidays now you're so now you're like well wait a second we you know we could either drive seven hours, uh, through whatever Pennsylvania and and upstate New York, or we could go to the airport and get the, you know, leave two hours early, get there. The plane is delayed by three hours because of snow or whatever. Now, obviously you're also running the chance that you're going to be, you're going to hit trouble on the highways, but you can usually, you can usually tell that you can, you can predict problems in a car trip more easily than you can predict problems with a, with a air, with a uh, flight. But I think you got it. You got it. It varies a little bit. The answer to this question varies a little bit based on whether you're I mean, in the, I'm I'm here in, in Southern California. There's no chance of weather <laughs> impacting a plane ride. Right. So that means that I, I can I can reasonably expect my theoretical plane ride to go off, if not without a hitch, at least let not it will not have the problem of of uh, weather.
0: No, but but you've got to add like 30 minutes of ERA plus uh, because you're flying out of LAX, which is just a disaster.
1: Well, or Burbank, though. There's also Burbank. Oh, there it's much Burbank, better Burbank. option, if, depending on where you're going. If you're flying to San Francisco, it's very easy. You yeah, can go from Burbank to San Francisco. That is a good You one. can go from even – sometimes it's even worth it to drive all the way down to Long Beach and then fly up to San Francisco. Like there's – you got options here, man.
0: That's true. That's true. John, I'll bet that was way more than you wanted with that question right there. Christopher wants that to we, know.
1: That should be, that should be the, the official slogan of the podcast is way more than you wanted. <laughs> Can we make that the Can official we, slogan? That is
0: the official slogan right now. They, you yeah, know, it's way more than you way wanted. Way more than you wanted. Christopher wants to know, Joe, are you currently writing a book? Oh, this is good. What's it about? No. Sort of a biography? <laughs> Seriously, when might it be published? Good questions, Christopher. Very good questions. <laughs> <laughs> I am writing a book. Did I mention this?
1: I'm are you? Book. Yeah, I, you haven't mentioned that. No,
0: I'm writing a book uh, about Houdini. I'm hoping it is out fall of this year. We, we got to uh, actually get it finished and, and, uh, and all of the editing and everything else that has to go with that. Uh, but I'm excited. I am excited. I'm hoping that will come out later this year. All right. Josh wants to know, Rockies are all in. On the bullpen, is this a recipe for success? <laughs> Will they finally win the National League West for the first time in their history? Josh, no, no, they're not. They're not going to win the National League West. Uh,
1: they paid. They just paid Wade Davis fifty million. million, unbelievable. Right?
0: This is unbelievable.
1: Is that what it was? Fifty. I think it was fifty.
0: More than fifty. Well, it was three years at what seventeen a year? What was it exactly? It was. It uh,
1: so was fifty-one. 50, yeah, yeah.
0: Wade, Wade Davis contract. I'm typing it in now. It was, uh, yeah. You're typing
1: on your typewriter though, so you're not going to get an answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> three years, fifty two million dollar contract. Um, <gasps> you know, and it's funny. <laughs> It's like nobody told them Wade Davis isn't that good anymore. It's like I know what are they doing. That's the part. Like if they got the Wade Davis of two or three years ago, like the Wade Davis in Kansas City when they won the World Series, all right, maybe, maybe. But like, did they are they did they just not have cable? I mean, like, how did they not know that Wade Davis like kind of stunk? He didn't stink, but he was like. But he's not it's the guy not that you pay guy. that money for, no, no.
1: you know it's funny, right? because like the Yankees were in this situation a little bit they they had their high they they were paying Aralds Chapman, they're paying Aroldis Chapman seventeen million a year or whatever it is, and he's like the fourth or fifth best reliever on their team I know, it's and crazy. it's like if it's not like the, the the theory isn't bad. the theory of like here's how to. Yeah, I um, like I like building a Super Bowl pen. I like the idea. Fine, yeah, but like, why you can't? Why build it around that guy? Like, if you're going to spend that that money, gets you whoever you want. You know what I mean? Like, I that 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 seems crazy to me. That that insane. was a it, it seemed it, insane. But regardless, they're not going to win the West because the Dodgers are going to win the West, barring something oh, terrible yeah. happening to
0: crazy. Himself. And look, I I I like i I like that they're doing something. I just didn't. I just don't get it. Like, like, if you want to build a bullpen, get a bunch of kids who can throw a million miles an hour. Don't get a bunch of old, you know, formerly good reliever. It just doesn't – I don't get it. But I do like this, though. The Chicago Tribune headline uh, today was, Former Cubs closer Wade Davis won't second guess signing with the Rockies. Oh, no, of course he won't. He just said for a three-year, $52 million deal. I got fifty-two million dollars second guesses for you, Chicago Tribune. What do you well, talking about it? You know what would be
1: fun would be to find all of the football players who have more than Wade Davis and guaranteed and guaranteed money. <laughs> it's gotta be <laughs> probably be like three like guys, guys, right? It's public, like say, Yeah, it's like Drew no, no, Brees and Matt too Stafford too and like that's it. <laughs> like maybe Aaron Rodgers, maybe I don't know, I mean, it's he's Wade Davis is going to make more money than Tom Brady over the next three years. <laughs> it's, it's crazy.
0: He's Wade Davis. God, look, uh, I hope it works out for him. I do like the Rockies. I want the Rockies to be good. I, I really do. I, they're, they're the kind of team that that I like. I like, you know, the idea of them trying to win in that ballpark and the challenge and all that. But I didn't get that. Didn't no, get it no. at all. All right. CJ wants to know listening to the podcast in the car with my wife always makes her palpably angry. <laughs> You're, incre- <laughs> you're, you're you're incredibly honored and affirmed right that's the question are we affirmed and and honored uh because uh the podcast makes no we're
1: neither family. of course not we don't want to make it no first of all don't 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 make anyone who doesn't want to listen to this listen to it like we i mean don't make anybody who does want to listen to this listen to this. we don't want to listen to it and we make it don't don't make some if you want to listen to it bless your soul don't make no. anyone who don't make someone listen to this against their will uh especially someone you ostensibly care about like a friend or a spouse stop Dude,
0: exactly what? exactly Dude, stop
1: it i'm so sorry that guy's wife don't we 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 really we uh, we don't want anyone to be to be made <laughs> upset by we,
0: we just want to say to you uh wife of CJ person um don't be angry really i mean we we don't want that we don't want that we want your happiness
1: yeah but also don't listen to it like <laughs> well, just secrets. we're giving you we're officially giving you permission to overrule him and just say like music. no they said we could let's put music off. on put some, yeah. some
0: sort of music on all right belly belly that's scratcher right. wants to know green or red grapes that's it that's the question.
1: oh this is the easiest one of all time <laughs> i mean i really hope if you don't answer this the same way that i answer it i think our friendship is over
0: all right, what do you got? It's red. Yeah, it is red. It's okay, totally red. It's totally red. Green grapes are like well, first of all, I mean, green grapes are they're kind of dominant. I mean, they're the they're the ones like if they're if if you're in a store, there's and they only have one kind of grape, it's going to be green, yeah. right? I mean, it feels it feels like green. I don't know who the green people are. You know who the green people are? The green people, the green grapes people, are the same people who are stuffing red delicious apples down their throats.
1: <laughs> Those
0: things are gross. They're yeah. gross. They're fine. I okay. mean, they're
1: fine. It's like green no, grapes are fine. Not. Green grapes are fine. Like right, I mean, if you're right. eating a fruit salad and you come across a sliced green grape, you're like, all oh, right, fine, I'll have that. I, I'm, I'm not.
0: Oh, you only eat it. You well, yeah. but not if you have a red grape option. No,
1: I mean red, red, red seedless grapes. Red, like oh, crunchy, so juicy seedless grapes are are a hundred thousand times better. Yeah, they're, than and
0: they're grapes. they're among they're they're among the greatest fruits of all. I mean, they're just so
1: delicious. Yeah. And by the way, by the way, here's a, here's, a, here's a side note. Here's some backstory. You, in some ways, everything that you and I are doing right now and have been doing on this podcast for the last forty-one right. years. Because we've done, we've now done this for forty-one, 41 years. years. We've done eight thousand, <laughs> eight thousand two hundred podcasts over the last forty-one years. Uh, it stems from a discussion you and I had <laughs> about exactly right. this exact subject. Remember, <laughs> we were so we, we went down Florida. to spring That's training. Exactly right. We didn't. We were. We were sort of new friends. We went to Florida. I flew in from California. Tommy Tomlinson was, was. there. Kevin Van Valkenburg was Chris there. Jones was there. Yeah, Chris was Jones was career. there. It was a fun. To, we just went to some like split squad p- pirates raise games in, <laughs> in, in Florida it was years ago. And we got into a discussion somehow about the best fruit. And yeah. I argued vehemently in favor of red flame seedless grapes as the best fruit. And then we kind of did a little mock draft, even. Like, right? I believe we did. I think we, we did. did I, like remember, I remember I
0: remember I remember strawberries being a very uh there was a difficult. we had some difficulty with strawberries for some reason. I don't remember what it was specifically. <laughs> but no, that's where it started. That's it. I can yeah. I can visualize we were just sitting in those like wooden seats. Like that's in the right middle, on the third you know, base side the third of the base
1: out, side. Like between third base and the and the fence. We, yep. We just watching no the game.
0: We had no idea how many people we were gonna make angry with that conversation. We had no <laughs> clue.
1: Yes. You unw- <laughs> thank you, listener. You unwittingly tapped into the origins of all of this stupid nonsense we've spewed out into this into these podcasting microphones over the last one years
0: well you've only had the microphone for a little while really <laughs> well by
1: microphones <laughs> plural i meant including the one built into the computer that i just used to get oh, yes. from a distance of 10 feet
0: charles wants to know in which sport is it the most fun when a very good player is significantly undersized that's a good question that's a good question
1: Boy, That's a good question yeah uh, what
0: well, do you think i go ahead
1: I, I mean, the, the gut reaction is basketball, right? Like, yeah, I, that I, was that I, was my first thought. I, as the, as we're recording this, the um, Cavaliers are playing the Celtics, and Isaiah Thomas has made his triumph and return back to Boston. He's not playing, sadly, but watching Isaiah Thomas play basketball or oh, Muggy so Bogues fun. or Spud so Webb, fun. like so wonderful, like because it because it literally seems to defy physics. You you don't understand how every one of his shots isn't being blocked, and yet he somehow gets to the rim and lays the ball up and in over and over and over again, like a a really, really great five foot, eight inch tall basketball player is kind of the ultimate athletic accomplishment. Right.
0: Yeah. It's so fun. It's so fun. I mean, Muggsy Bogues, I mean, he was five three. I mean, just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It's like, it's like every time you see it, it's like an optical illusion that somebody that small could be out there playing and and I got to say their contrast is way not just because everybody's so tall but because everybody's on the field on the on the court at the same time and so you can see people next to each other like like one of the most fun memes of 2017 was you know the the, the meme of of uh of um uh you know why am I blanking on names uh Altuve Jose Altuve oh, yeah. standing next to judge yeah Right next to Aaron Judge, right, and that was super fun. But you never really saw it, Jose Altuve and Aaron Judge in the same place, you know, they, they, because of the way the game is played. So even though Jose Altuve is a wonder and a joy, and you can get the sense of how small he is, whatever, it's not like being on the court with a bunch of people who are a foot taller than you, you know, or yeah. two feet taller than
1: you. you know? I think it's, it's, I think it's got to be basketball. But I would say that baseball maybe. It's still fun. I think it's more fun in baseball than football somehow. I think so, too. In football, there's a sort of mortal fear for the life and safety <laughs> of the undersized person that takes the edge off of the enjoyment for me.
0: I agree with that. I agree with that. I don't think it's as fun in football. You know, plus, like, if you're going to be that small in football, you're going to be what, a punt returner or, you know what I mean? I mean, you're going to well, be
1: sometimes like a, sometimes like Dion Lewis on the Patriots. There's like a halfback. Who's a little little? Yeah, you, know, you can be Joe, a little Joe back. Morris type, yeah, yeah but yeah. uh or a slot receiver, I guess. But generally speaking, uh, the point guard in, in basketball is the is the winner.
0: That's fun. It's totally fun. All right, let's go through uh three more quick ones, and we'll just then really quick answers. So Quinn wants to know what is the better tor- torture? <laughs> what is the better torture? The only music in the world is TSO's Christmas Eve in Sarajevo. Or the Yankees win the World Series literally every year.
1: So by better torture, is he saying which is the more effective form of torture? Yeah, I think
0: he's. I think that's what he's saying. I think he's saying what would be the more, uh, what would make the world worse is what it sounds like. So basically, the two options are all music. And by the way, for those who missed it uh, in our last podcast, we had a. Uh, seven. How many people? Seventeen people draft. How many people do we have I in that draft? It was
1: Seventeen total people. Seven
0: yeah. total total people drafting holiday uh, songs and uh, Atlanta Braves pitcher Brandon McCarthy had the second pick in the draft and he chose Christmas Eve in Sarajevo, which set off everybody, but 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 turned Mike into a lunatic, right? I mean, you would like all of us were were deeply hurt and offended by the fact that he he did that, but. I th- wouldn't you say that it affected you more than it did anybody else?
1: Yeah, I lost my mind. Is what happened. <laughs> I, lost, I completely lost my mind because because it was his number one pick. It was his like he. Was, it was the number one. But that's exactly he right. He the second. Didn't he have the second pick in the draft?
0: Second overall pick in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I lost my mind.
1: But um, I I think I mean you have the answer has to be th- that the answer has to be the music because you're now you're talking about anybody. The, the real question. The way to answer this question is who. Who, uh, what's a bigger number of people? The number of people who listen to music, right. the number of
0: That's people right, about
1: baseball. And you have to say that if the only music were Christmas Eve in Sarajevo by the Trans Siberian Orchestra, <laughs> that would make more people miserable than the Yankees winning the World Series, every right?
0: Because uh, you, you'd, you'd be in Africa and you've never even heard of of baseball you have no idea what baseball is and you go to a concert and they're playing christmas eve in Sarajevo because it's the only song right it's in every department store
1: (laughs) all year round it's it's the only thing on the radio you if you are at a party it's the only thing that's playing at the party all
0: all of the records and cds and dvds and every other music streaming thing that you've ever gotten is all turned into christmas eve in syrievo yeah that would be a disaster what would be the worst torture for us though
1: I think still that I mean, because uh, because I, I, I would just stop being a baseball fan. You yeah, know that's mean? Like you, you, you can't you can get away from baseball in a way you can't get away from music like you. There's that's no. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah,
0: that's a really good point. All right. Mike wants to know, is horseshoes a sport? Uh, I don't, the reason he asks is if if, he, if if we if we think it is, then would you agree with John Branch of The New York Times? A very good man. Uh, that Alan Francis was the most dominant athlete in any sport because he won 22 horseshoes world championships.
1: Okay, then no. <laughs> <laughs> if that's why you want no. to know, then no. Then no.
0: Alan Francis or LeBron James? I'm going with Alan Francis. I, this, this, um, so
1: there's a lot of debates like this, and they all come down to the same question, which is what's the difference between a sport and a game, right? right like, right. and and I I mean, horseshoes does require strength and like hand eye coordination i think i'm more inclined to say that horseshoes is a sport than i am to say you know like monopoly is a sport or something you know or like uh remember there was a huge controversy this is dating ourselves but remember when the sports illustrated did a huge episode on a issue on jeopardy huge article on jeopardy right and there was this huge thing of like this is not a sport it's a game And uh, and that was a pointless argument that who cares? Uh, But that I feel like that's what that's what these things all come down to that same question of like, is it a sport or a game? I feel like horseshoes, I would call horseshoes a sport.
0: It's a sport. sport. I think it's a sport. And here's wing something
1: like that. It's a sport, right?
0: Right. Well, plus, here's what I would say. If if something remarkable happened in in horseshoes. Say somebody beat uh alan francis's twenty two world championship <laughs> something that remarkable that would, be, that would be that'd be on the sports page that you would i mean you know we we're losing sports pages across America, but that would be on the sports page that would not be in any other there'd be no other section you would put that in, but if somebody won jeopardy like five hundred times in a row, that would be on the entertainment section. yeah right, right. i mean they think like like I think you could break it up. Somewhat that way, and thinking, okay, well, what section would I put that in? And in that case, I think horseshoes is a sport. Yeah,
1: you could imagine Uh, you basically like it comes down to this. You can imagine a horseshoes highlight on SportsCenter, right? Like you, you could like you could imagine like in the way that sometimes there's like look at this thing that happened in the world darts championship <laughs> or whatever. Like you can imagine there being like a funny little top plays kind of thing on sports center about right, horseshoes. Right. I mean, this somebody
0: hits somebody in the head with a horse. Yeah.
1: Or like a guy, that would a guy definitely had them. 50 consecutive ringers or whatever. They're <laughs> <told> <laughs> <you get> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's okay. right. I think that's right. John Branch, wonderful guy, by the way. If he is really saying Alan Francis, most dominant that, then forget. I'm never talking to him again. All right. Um, uh, all right. Last question from Brendan. Better small pleasure, warming hands in front of a fire on a cold day or cool glass of ice lemonade on a hot day? Oh, what a question. That's a great question. This is Brendan. a great
1: question. A
0: great question.
1: Man. Okay, wait. Let's be very specific about this. R- read the question again. How is it phrased?
0: Okay, warming hands in front no, of wait, a fire wait, but what's, the,
1: what's the question? What's Better
0: the question? small pleasure.
1: Better small pleasure, warming right. hands in front of a fire on a cold day, right? Or a cold glass of lemonade on a hot, a hot, day. hot
0: day. Yeah. Boy. By the way, by the way, not only is that a great question, Brandon, um Brandon, excuse me. Um phrased perfectly i mean he picked two incredibly awesome small pleasures he did not he he gave us the good winter pleasure and the good summer he didn't give us like a week like one of them like a week or summer you totally nailed nailed it it. (laughs) (laughs) good for you brandon that was an awesome question all right so what is it what is
1: it you 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 enter first i gotta i gotta mull this over
0: i i gotta say i look they're both incredible they're they're They are are the number one pleasures of each season. That's it. You've nailed, to me, the getting warm feeling uh, on a really cold day uh, in front of a fire, wherever it may be, is the number one pleasure of of winter. And like just drinking something cold on on a super hot, sweaty day is like the number one pleasure in summer. So they're both awesome. I'm going to say the better of the two is the warming hands in front of a cold fire, uh, uh, in front of a warm fire uh, <laughs> on a cold day. I think, I think that feeling of warming up is like, it's like, it's like you come alive again.
1: Yep. I think you're right. I think that what this comes down to ultimately is the process of warming up when you're cold is more enjoyable than the process yes. of cooling down when you're hot. <laughs> and I generally find being hot to be less um, enjoyable in general right. than being cold, which means that while you are drinking the lemonade, I've, I'm less happy that I'm that I'm still sweating. You know, like the <laughs> transition, the moments of transition are less enjoyable because I don't like being sweaty and overheated. Right. So I think you gotta you gotta say it's a, it's real close, but I think you gotta say w- warming your hands because it's more it's it, it it's like you're coming back to life instead of like trying to re- like uh trying to like stop yourself from being overheated i think there's a that's a huge difference and i feel like that i agree yeah it's yeah, it's real close I, though it's real boy, they're it's both razor they're, thin
0: they're both good if we were doing a small pleasure draft although have we done small pleasure i don't even know we've we done have. 12 recently draft <laughs> like a month ago <laughs> Did either of us take getting warm fire or a cool no, but, glass of lemonade?
1: By now, I now, feel like we left the best possible answer on the totally
0: board. Did. We, told, we did. We did a small pleasures thing with with Linda. Yeah, Linda Holmes, and, yeah. And she didn't come up with either of those either. And Linda's smarter than both of us. How, how did this happen? How did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> did this happen? Brendan, know. you would have won the draft. You totally yeah. would have won that draft. Let's uh, let's
1: post facto declare Brandon the winner of the small pleasures draft. <laughs> just for asking this question.
0: <laughs> That's going to be so great. We just taken it away from Linda. We're just taking it away <laughs> from her. Sorry. Linda, you just, you're out. You're out. Brendan, uh, Lamfer is now the winner. Congrats, of buddy. All right. All right. So, uh, we really have never decided what we're going to end this podcast with. Shouldn't we, but do, something like to- we do something new? We got
1: to do something new. Is it are we floating trial balloons? Isn't that
0: our, AR, we're floating trial balloons that nobody likes. Everybody just keeps hammering us to go back to, uh, one last meaningless thing. um, but I kind of like the little invention thing that we did with Brandon like the little small invention that we like that that makes life a little bit better that nobody yeah I notices. like that too
1: but i I had a pitch for what we could do this time.
0: oh I like it right on here.
1: you uh, something uh, like a, a an a, an activity or or a like a an action that some people do that you will just never do no matter what like the the <laughs> thing that people do that you're just that there's no amount of money no like circumstances you would ever go like yeah sure like for example i'll just throw out like this wasn't gonna be my answer but like bungee jumping would be the thing okay so so, something that we're just like people are like you something that people are like you gotta try this it's so fun and you're there you just know deep in your heart and in your soul there is nothing that could ever get you to do that thing
0: Okay, and it doesn't have to be because you're afraid of no. it, necessarily. No, 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 it just like has no
1: interest you. for you, or there's a specific reason why you're just like, nope, it'll never happen.
0: Okay, I, I, already, I already have my, my choice. Great. So yes, I'm, I'm all for it.
1: All right. All for it. You, but you have to start. Okay, okay. so, so I'll start. So the, the answer is very simple for me, which is, uh, well, there's, a, there's, first of all, there's a lot of them. <laughs> I'll say that. There's, <laughs> <laughs> there's a huge number of these things. But the one that I think of at this time of year is snowboarding. And uh there are people who are fanatical <laughs> about snowboarding and they say it's the best, it's so fun and you love it. Fresh powder and you're out there and it's great and blah blah blah. They wax, <laughs> they wax poetic about communing with nature and everything. And I just have always known and by the way, I knew this when I was I grew up in New England. And back then yeah. were like you got to go snowboarding. And I just was like, no, I'm never doing that. I'm never, <laughs> it's never going to happen. I am never going to go snowboarding. I've maintained that stance righteously until the present day. And, uh, I, I, it should be noted. I used to cross country ski a lot in, in my hometown in Connecticut. I never downhill, wow. I never downhill skied. I just never, I never, we never like went skiing and no one in my family skied. I never had downhill skis. I just never went. A lot of people did in my neighborhood, in my town, but uh, I just never did. And so I never learned how to do it. And now downhill skiing is like, you might as well just take a hammer and smash both <laughs> my knees. Uh, <laughs> and eliminate the middleman because there, uh, I know that's what would happen. But it's not just the risk of injury when I think about snowboarding. It's the simple, it's the like watching people do it. I just know that that it's not for me. And I, and I don't, I, there's no way to articulate it past that. It's like, I j- it's not going to happen. And I, I, it's a little bit of injury fear. It's a little bit of like the whole, the culture surrounding it. I just can't identify with it. It just holds zero appeal for me.
0: Yeah. No, I'm never, I'm never doing it. I've never done. I have done a little bit of cross country skiing. In fact, at one point, and I know I, I sometimes think that I dream this cause it's so stupid. I don't have any idea why would have happened, but like when I was in like the fifth or sixth grade, um, our school brought and I am I hope I get the name right, Bill Koch, who I think won the silver medal in the cross-country skiing at one of the right. Olympics, um, won a medal of some sort. I think it's Bill Coke. I, I should look it up someday. Um, he, he brought us out to teach us how to cross-country ski, which is I, – I don't – I mean, I didn't go to like a, some some like upper – I mean, I just went to a school, like a regular school. I have no idea why they did this. But we all literally went out to a park near the near the the school and and he kind of showed us how to cross country ski and that's was he the only from time your town or something? No, I I don't think he had any connection. I don't know what happened. I don't know if he was if he got trapped like at a supermarket or something and somebody's like, Hey, you ought to come to our school? I I, I don't know how this happened at all. He must have um, had like a niece
1: or nephew or something that
0: I, I guess I but you know the, the weird things like this have happened that I just don't understand. My brother uh went to the same high school I went to. In my high school graduation, uh their speaker was just a local um uh cartoonist, editorial cartoonist for the Charlotte Observer was the speaker, Doug Marlett Uh was the speaker at our graduation, which makes perfect sense. <laughs> my brother when he had his high school graduation, Peter Scaleri was his was his speaker? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, and again, no idea why he's not from Charlotte. He's not from. He didn't go to the high school. I don't think he had any family. Just it's like, hey, you know, who would work Peter Schleiter, like the guy that yeah. Peter Scalari." Sure, we'll get know, Peter Scalari in here. Yeah, the new the new the new heart guy, like that guy, would be perfect for us. So anyway, Bill Koch. So that's the only one I've done. I've never been downhill skiing. I never will go. Uh, snowboarding scares the bejesus out of me. I don't. I don't get, like, I've covered Winter Olympics, which are super fun, and I love talking to those guys, but every time I finish talking to, I, I was talking to, I don't even know which, which, uh you know, snowboarder it was, but she was really, like, she was a gold medal type contender, and she was super awesome. I mean, she was great to talk to, funny and wonderful and all that. As soon as, the the conversation ended. She left and I I walked away to go write the story. And in my mind I was thinking, this person's from like another planet. Like I don't I there's there's nothing that I feel like everything she said was funny and fun, but I don't agree with any of it. Like I don't like it's it's just she's like loves the rush and the uh oh, I just it scares me to death. Nope. I'm not doing that.
1: All right. So what's yours?
0: Mine is it literally me immediately came to mind and I don't want to offend anybody. I really don't. I, if, if you, I'm not in any way, shape or form saying that this is something that you shouldn't do or wrong to do. Have at, have at it, have fun. I will never go hunting. Never in a million years. Will I go hunting? And again, I'm not opposed to hunting. I don't care. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not telling people I've, I've, I've got plenty of people in my family. Uh, my on my wife's side particularly who are big hunters love it it's like they live for it it's they love their especially going in the winter and whatever deer season i i don't know that much about it but I, i'll never go hunting i'll never go hunting and it's not it's not because of any sort of opposite look i don't like guns i mean that's i I've, i think i've made that somewhat clear but beyond that i'm just not shooting at things i'm just not it's just not I'm not saying it's wrong, frankly. Every time I drive by and 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 almost hit a deer on the road, I think, well, why was why didn't a hunter get that deer? I don't love deer or anything like that, but it's just not going to be me. I'm just not going to be the one shooting deer.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I won't do that either. Uh, <laughs> I I I I feel like um, if I I I have the same feeling every time I've been around a gun in any capacity. Yeah. which is if I come into physical contact with that object, I will shoot myself. <laughs> like, it's, like if I, if I reach out with my pinky and touch very gently, touch the base of the handle, right. somehow the gun will go off and the bullet will go directly into my leg. Like that, that's, that's how I've always felt about guns. Like I, you, I just, I just you know, and like the thought of like, it well, it's like, it's, it's a little bit like people who swim with sharks, right? It's like the, the, if a shark ate you, the last thing that would go through your head is, why did I swim with these sharks? I didn't have to. I was on land, and the sharks were in the ocean, and all I had to do to avoid what's happening right now is not go near them, which is very... This was an opt-in situation. It was was super easy to avoid
0: this. Yeah, super easy. easy. Sharks
1: have, have not evolved the ability to walk onto land, so if I had just stayed on land, Right now, I would not be being devoured by a shark. And, and I have the same feeling about guns, which is if I ever accidentally shot myself or someone else, I, my immediate thought would be all I had to do was not pick this up. Not, I could, this was in a room. It wasn't, didn't fly into my hand. right I just had to go into the other room and go away from it, and this current fate would have been avoided
0: yeah no that's right that's i, I think that's 100 percent right do you know any though i mean have you been invited hunting at, at any point
1: no i have uh, friends who hunt um uh, have they ever them, invited you? Uh, well chris pratt uh who uh was on parks and recreation and is a gigantic uh, movie star is he's an avid hunter <laughs> he is yeah very <laughs> famous person he's an avid hunter he goes hunting a lot with his buddies and um And he does bow hunting, he does uh, uh, big game hunting, he does all sorts of stuff. And he threw it out to me once of like, if you ever wanted to come, because he when he was uh, researching the role for um, uh, Zero Dark 30, he was in Texas a lot. uh, And he went hunting on these uh, ranges in Texas. And I have a lot of family in Texas, as we've talked about before. So there was like, at one point, it was like, I think we were going to be in Texas at the same time. And we and he was like, I'm going hunting. He was like, do you want to come hunting? And I was like, no, uh, no, I don't. And and the reason I said it so quickly wasn't just that I didn't want to hunt. It's because I then knew that if I went hunting with Chris Pratt, <laughs> I would accidentally shoot Chris Pratt. That's how that would end. I and and for the rest of my life, I would be the guy who ruined yeah,
0: that's who it, ruined Chris
1: Pratt's career or took his life accidentally. <laughs> Because I didn't know what I was doing
0: while hunting with
1: it, and I was like, the thought of that is so scary and so real and so tangible to me that I I have to just I have to not even go to Texas because I want to be so far away from the situation that I would be in in that uh, in that scenario.
0: I'm just seeing like the the stories uh, about uh, you uh, no longer referring whatsoever to the shows you've worked on, but simply just being Mike Shore comma who shot Chris Pratt. That would literally yeah. be, that's it. You'd be that guy.
1: I would am... be the first line of my obituary it would be Michael <laughs> shore, a former television writer and producer. And the man who shot Chris Pratt once on a hunting trip. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not sure that that would be second. I got to be honest with you. I think yeah, that's gonna you're be right. the first.
1: You would be Mike Troy, <laughs> the idiot who shot Chris Brown on a and trip. And also
0: worked on TV shows. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I will say this. I will say this. My father-in-law is a big hunter. Uh, as I mentioned, I've got a lot of hunters on that side of the family. And I'll say this. And I don't know if this speaks. I I think I do know that this does not speak well of me. Um. I married into this family, and basically from the first minute they knew not to invite me hunting. They just—it wasn't. Right. I don't think it was even like a well. I don't think you'd want to go because they don't care about that. They don't care, you know, or should they care about my own personal like what I want to do? They just were like that guy does not need to be out hunting. Like that's yeah, nothing good can come from nothing. That. Uh, no, no good will come of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We did another one. This is our 8,200th. So uh, as always, thank you.
1: Thanks for having me.